I expect, I expect, I expect I expect the best and nothing less I expect, I expect, I expect I expect the best and nothing less I expect, I expect, I expect I expect the best and nothing less I expect, I expect, I expect I expect all the possibilities I expect positive energy I expect with no regrets I visualize it all, know what's coming, yeah I'm synergy, I reach every dream and love my enemies Everything here is a lesson, everything that comes to me counts as a blessing no. Good day, good day, welcome, welcome Thank you so much for tuning in I'm Jay and this is Homeschool Your Kids Podcast Today, I have much awaited, <laughs> long to do, but um, finally, finally, we have aligned, and I'm so happy to have her here. Kimberly. Hello. I know. It's <laughs> been a while. It's been a while. Um, yeah, and you're right, much awaited. Um, I know that we've been in each other's networks for a while, and I really appreciate like all the energy and the time that you put into all that you do. So thank you very much for having me. Um, I really appreciate it really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, my name is Kimberly. I am the owner, operator, owner, one of the operators and the founder of Star Students, um, which is a homeschooling company. So we support parents uh, with their homeschooling journey, whatever that might look like, whether it's teaching, coaching, um, or packages of some sort. Um, That's like the 30 second intro. I don't want to like go on and on about it. (laughs) but that's me. Um, I, uh, I am quite, I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian born and bred. Um, but, uh, we operate in, I like to say the entirety of North America, but it's actually Canada and the U S. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I know. And I, I can't wait to come up to Canada. So, Oh, I don't, know I don't know if you want to come up here. <laughs> I don't know if you want to come up right, here right now. It's a little oh, cold. Yes. Yeah, it's a little cold. Even in August. Already? Yeah. Cold. yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, nah, also, never I'm also, I'm also pretty far north. So that, that could okay. be it as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. But thank you for summers. having us. Um, we typically, well, we have like right now is summer, but it's cooled off. Like our summers where we are anyways, because we're uh, up in the farther north. Um, the, we usually don't get hotter than 65 degrees, 70 degrees. Um, for the States people, mm. that's 65, 70 degrees for the for the um, can- Canadian people or those who are familiar with Celsius, that's probably about like 25 to 30. Um, we don't really get hotter than that um, on, a, on a regular basis. Ever? Might not, not ever. We may have a couple, like maybe a week where it's like 35 to 40. But other than that, <laughs> we don't really get higher than like 30 degrees. Um, okay, yeah. yeah, I don't know when that visit's going to happen. Um, so <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> um, okay, so where did our students come from? What, how did, why, 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 why do we make this beautiful? Um, um, this, this beautiful business? Well, um, yes. it was, it was just, it was just the fact uh, that I actually, so I actually graduated teacher's college um, in, in, not January, in April of 2020. So if you remember the state of the world in 2020, I'm sure that everybody remembers. And I remember, Jay, I remember that I call it the day that everything changed, the day that like the world didn't go back to normal. It was Friday, March 13th, 2020. I don't know how many people have picked up on that yet. 
I find that highly ironic. But it was Friday, March 13th, 2020. And that was the, the last Friday before March break. Um, and that was the day that everything changed and the world kind of shut down and, and whatever. Um, I was teaching at the time. I was in uh, my co-op placement um, and I was teaching um, students. Um, and so when everything happened and we shut down and, and nobody really knew what was going on, I said, don't worry, kids, everything's going to be fine. Um, we're just going to take an extra week for March break. And that's going to be that. And um, that was not that <laughs> because I never, I, we never went back to school, right? As, as we all know now. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and so that was kind of the, I like to say that was the cherry on the icing on the cake of, of a, like an entire cake full <laughs> of frustrations um, that I had with the administration, with the policymakers, with all, like all of the red tape and all of the extra stuff, right? I got into teaching because I wanted to be a teacher. And I got a slap in the face when I got into teacher's college. And I was like, oh, so teaching is not really about the kids. It's about all of these extra steps as well. And I didn't want to, I didn't, I, I couldn't see myself lasting even just five years and being happy. Like I couldn't see myself being happy doing that for even just five years, let alone, you know, I see some teachers that are, you know, 30 to 35 to 40 years in whatever it happens to be. Right. And granted teaching was much different when, when those veteran teachers started, I was at the beginning of my career supposed to be, and I just couldn't see myself um, doing that. Like I I couldn't see my, I was like, I I can't do this. I I literally can't do this. Um, So I decided I was going to do something else. And I'm not going to lie when I graduated teacher's college and I didn't really know what I was doing because now I've done all of this education and I'm like, well, I don't, know what this is right like what am I doing with myself now um and so I kind of moped around a little bit um and then um it was actually my he was my boyfriend at the time and he's now my husband um and he said to me he's like why don't you just start your own business and here we are (laughs) and here we are um yeah that's kind of how it got started um it started out as just tutoring and then just with the branding and the messaging and whatnot that I was putting out there um, people started asking for homeschooling services. Um, and so that's, that's where it went because I, there was obviously a need and, and I really, something just clicked in me when people said like, oh, you should, can, can you homeschool? Um, so I ended up taking on a team. I ended up, you know, have, I still do a lot of the teaching cause I love the teaching. Um, but I ended up taking on a team cause I can't teach all of the kids myself. Right. And I don't know everything. <laughs> I'll be the first person to tell you, I don't know everything. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what we've, that's what we've done. That's kind of how we got started nice so you just so when it things hit you hit a pivot but created (laughs) what was needed um exactly and I see teaching children how to think not what to think what's your age group that you work with um so so I mean I specifically I work with um like anywhere from us I work with certain ages but what we cover at star students this is part of the reason I hired other teachers um, we cover everywhere from and anywhere from K to 12, and then we'll do select post-secondary okay. subjects. Now with the homeschooling section of things, uh, things tend to be more in the K to 12 range, right? Um, because of the fact that that's really where the, a lot of the homeschooling parents and the homeschooling families are. Um, and then with select post-secondary subjects for students who are within the system still or doing some sort of degree or whatever, um, then it will be select, you know, I'll have certain select math teachers and certain select um, English teachers, right? Even myself, um, I don't teach like gr- higher than like grade nine math. 
<laughs> right? Because I'm not, I'm not even familiar with the content, let alone am I comfortable to be teaching that. Um, yeah, so we cover everything. I myself don't do all of it. Oh, I, I'm sure. I about to say my math yeah. will cut off at like <laughs> fourth grade, so no yeah. worries. <laughs> yeah, no exactly, worries. exactly. Yes, and I'm just taking in your background, progress without politics. Um, that I, I like that <laughs> because Thank you. um, you've already spoke on it, but politics is a big part of the school system, and that mm-hmm. was something you didn't find out. You know, because they don't really tell you about that in college, huh? They don't tell you. No. <laughs> No, they don't really of course not for that part of it I don't remember any toys talking about administration or downtown or anything Mm -hmm. that you know higher up of what you're actually going into I don't remember doing any kind of data classes um in college and that's I felt like my first year of teaching that's all we did was talk about data 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 what's the data like you know and so yeah, college is definitely definitely a setup for mm-hmm. um, not not the right stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> to be nice. It, not the yeah, right stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's not to and that's not to and I'm always very clear because people um, tend to, especially I find like teachers. Like I'm I'm very happy that we have such a great relationship because I know you're a previous teacher, but I find a lot of previous mm-hmm. teachers or current teachers really get up in their feels. Um, to to you know be blunt be a little blunt they really get up in their fields when it comes to like talking to me because they're like oh what do you mean the system's like this and the system's like that like you can do whatever you want inside your classroom like okay sure can maybe you? maybe can that would be my thing to a limit I mean I, right yeah and to me to me it just wasn't worth the um, it just wasn't worth the headache. And I just, I have a problem. I have a real problem with unearned authority. And mm. so someone who's overseeing what needs to happen and telling me what to do inside my classroom, when I know from my experience and from the way that I've seen things happen, that that's not in the best interest of the students, I'm not going to do it. If I'm in a public school or a private school or whatever, I don't have a choice. I have to do what I'm told. Right. And so my priority has always been the kids. It's always been the kids. And that's really the reason why I started Star Students, because my priority is teaching. It is the kids. And that really is shown in the I mean, in in our motto. Right. Progress without politics. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care. And my teachers don't care what your political views are on things. Politics don't belong in the classroom. And there's certain, Mm. I would say, dinner table conversations that don't belong in the classroom. And so that's mm. the service that we provide to homeschooling parents of students that we teach, right? You get the education, the the know-how, the smarts, the whatever you want to call it, without actually having to deal with any of the extra fluff, <laughs> if we can if we can mm. call it that. Yeah, no. Right? I, yeah. I mean, it's 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 fluffy. Um, <laughs> no, um, I want to go back to because I I talked to you know. Um, people in general some may be teachers some may be whatever but just people in general and I talk about the politics of the classroom like you know as far as who's actually earning the money and why they're even getting that money um because I say as with anything I don't feel like there's always any there's any lack of funding in things it's just how these funding how the funding is dispersed 
And like you just said, like, I don't want to sit and listen to someone who I know hasn't been in the classroom. I used to joke because somebody, um, she used to lead one of our PDs, our professional development classes um, prior to, you know, school starting. You know, you got that week of service. I don't know how Canada does, but we have a week of um a week of time where we go back, the teachers go back to school. And then during that week, we just go to meetings and we yes. have all these big, big people telling mm-hmm. us about what we need to be doing this school year and how we need yeah. to implement this and, and do this. But these aren't people who are necessarily have been in the classroom. And I used to joke one lady, I used to say that she has to be somebody's niece because I don't even understand how she's holding this meeting. I'm like, yo, she has to be somebody's niece because I can't, I don't even believe she had degrees um so it was like really weird um (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because people don't understand all the outside noise that teachers do have to listen to in general in reference to how your classroom should be ran by individuals who have not stepped in the classroom in probably 20 20 plus years if Mm -hmm. ever you know, they're going yeah. by a book or they're going by statistics or they're going by whatever, whatever is trending at that time in their, their political ring. And they're telling you to implement this into a, a classroom setting that they have no idea what it looks like or how it mm-hmm. actually goes. Mm-hmm. Because even with the college courses, they don't prepare you for actually being inside of that classroom and actually seeing how those students are going to behave, how they're going to react, how they're going to receive you, um, all of that. And it's it's sad that that is what teachers are subjected to when it should be your classroom your way because you're the one Mm -hmm. in there with the kids and you're the one that knows what they need. It shouldn't be a whole bunch of, oh, other people telling teachers in general, teachers, what they need to do inside of their classroom. Um, yeah. as if they're not the ones in the classroom, you know? Right. As if they're and not then the that shows you, the kids. Yeah, and that shows you just how not individualized things are because they're really mm-hmm. trying to give you one way or one method for thousands of kids. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. It's yeah. really weird. But um that's the point of this podcast that's the point of my organization that's the point of star students is to provide parents with choices and letting them know that um you don't have to be subjected to that and your child definitely deserves to be seen um and heard as far as where they're at on their their educational journey and met there so the progress without politics I like that because a lot of parents stress over the standards, they stress over the testing, they stress over, well, my child doesn't know this, and it says that they're supposed to know this, um, you know, by this age or by this grade, and it's just like, well, are they moving forward? Do they know more than what they knew last year? Are, you know, how, do you see the progress in them? So that's mm-hmm. I, I, the progress without politics really hit there. Thank you. Yeah, I I know that I know that one of the things that um, a lot of parents really, like you said, that they really stress over um, is this idea. And we have this idea in public school, too, of and, you know, private school, any anything that's government mandated. Right. Um, If the government is involved in it, if the Ministry of Education is involved in it, 
it, you have certain standards that you're supposed to be required to meet, right? Whether it's as a teacher or whether it's yeah. as a student. Now talking about the students for a second, because the priority should be the well-being and the welfare of the students. We have these insane standards, maybe not insane, but we have these these inflexible is perhaps a better word we have these inflexible standards of what students should know and if they don't know those things or they're not at a certain academic level with those things then they're a problem then they're, they're an labeled. anomaly then they're yeah and they're labeled as something and realistically that's not what it is every student we know as adults that we all learn differently we know as adults that we all intake information differently we know as as people as human beings we are unique so why, why do we try to cram these little tiny unique beings into the same box? It doesn't work. Why do we have different expectations for adults than we do for kids? If anything, we should have, I mean, we should have different expectations, but they should be more flexible because these are little tiny unique human beings that are just learning how to learn, right? Yeah. Not everybody learns the same way. And so I really think that the standards and the the idea of the inflexibility of a lot of these standards is very harmful, very harmful to children, to teachers, to parents. Um, it, it really just doesn't, it doesn't give me any sort of confidence when I see that these are the skills that are required at certain levels right now should you be working on those things I, I would say so I mean there's more there's certain skills that are more important than others <laughs> but like but there's the, it's course. not a rush right it's not a race it doesn't mean that you're not still a, a wonderful human being if you don't know your times tables by the time you're like 10 right but that's how yeah. the system that's how the school system makes a lot of kids feel there's a problem with you yeah and I just don't agree with that yeah, and parents feed into that um, only because that, that's all they know. Like, you know, you hear mm -hmm. parents talk about milestones. Like, you can go back to, like, all the way back to the child being under one years old. And the parents like, well, he's not doing this yet. He's not crawling yet. And he's supposed to be doing, you know, like, all this supposed to be. And it's just like, well, like, is he moving forward <laughs> once again? Like, has, is he doing more than what he was doing before? <laughs> That's always my thing. Is he doing more than what he's doing before? Because if so, then then let him grow into who he's supposed to be and how he if how it looks for him is not going to be like the, the other child you had or your friend's child that you talked to and their child was doing this by this. And that goes the same with the Sanders. Um, I used to be really big um, in my voice in in talking about standardized testing. I've never agreed with it. I've never agreed with you testing all of the students on the same things as if that's how. Like a bubble test, oh my gosh. I was in the time of Scantrons, okay? <laughs> Kimberly. Talk to me, talk to me, one, Jay. <laughs> look, one, one dot, okay? One dot can mess up your whole life, okay? <laughs> Yeah. You skip one question and then your whole paper's off and bam, you don't fail. I did not test well. I was not a student that tested well at all. However, mm -hmm. if you sat and had a conversation with me about different things, the balls probably regurgitate a lot of things to you then. But me sitting there and 
answering the multiple choice, that wasn't my thing. That was not me. I'm a, I'm an essay writer. I could definitely argue a point. I can, you know, do things of that nature, but that's not what they want to hear. You're supposed to be able to do this and have to take this test. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I wasn't during this time of standardized testing. Um, they were phasing it in as I was getting out. And so right. um, it didn't matter for me, but seeing my students and how hard they studied and just even the smart like the AP students the smart 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 um they they were full of anxiety they were full of pressure they were full of everything that it was just it wasn't good and I just Mm -hmm. like I don't think we should be doing this (laughs) I don't feel like this is beneficial to anyone really Mm -hmm. um and when you look at standardized testing I feel like it's more about putting the pressure on teachers, putting the pressure, because that's where it goes back to. It's like, oh, well, they should know this and they should be able to test well in this. Mm-hmm. And since they're not, it's your fault. And so it was kind of like a grading scale for teachers, not necessarily for the students. And even though they feel mo- the brunt of the pressure, it still falls back on the teacher and what they they are, yeah. they are or are not doing inside of the classroom, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they promote the teachers that have he- good test scores very, very heavy. Like, you know, you hear about them on the announcements. You hear about them in the faculty meetings. It's like mm-hmm. whatever they're doing, that's what you need to be doing. Because ninety five percent of their students pass this, te- you know, this this state mandated test that is going to give us mm-hmm. get us our funding for next year. And you need to get on their boat because you're obviously not doing something right if um, your children, your students aren't passing in that regard. So I don't know. It's, it's you know, I, I try not to talk too down on the school system because I understand that it does work for some people. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, right. And by all means, I, I, I'm glad. However, like it has to be re-examined. It has to be mm-hmm. um, reimagined, I feel. And the only way that it can be um, changed is by something challenging it. Um, these different resources popping up, the micro schools, the services that are offered to parents to let them know that, hey, you can take this at home. You could do this at home and you don't have to do it alone. And that's why I love Star Students because it's a resource where parents can tap into and say, hey, I need help. I, I can't teach my child this subject. Um, can you do this? <laughs> like, can you do this? And yeah. you can. You know, I yeah. have, I, that's one of the number one questions that's asked all the time when I talk about homeschooling my own kids is parents asking, well, can you homeschool mine? <laughs> no, I can't. However, I can reference you to someone who can't to help somebody. you with that. Yes, yes. yes. So yeah. you're, you're very important. And I love, love, love what you're doing. What's, are you doing one-on-one sessions or is it? Yeah, group? so I, it it so it just depends on uh, I mean every I, again we come at I come at education and my teachers that I have come at education um, with a very personalized perspective right um, because we believe that's how education should be for all the reasons that I started Star Students we want education to be personalized um, and that's that's one of the largest factors right so we work on an individual basis with families to determine what's best for them in terms of um, 
uh, teaching students. Uh, we, we do, like, because we do operate 100% online, um, and we use our own proprietary software. We don't use Zoom because I'm sure you would agree with me. Zoom is not great for teaching. <laughs> this is not a teaching environment. Um, so we use our own proprietary software that's much more classroom based, um, much more secure as well. Um, but we we don't go larger than three in a group. If okay. it's high school, like if, if it's high school, like grade grade nine and up, we may do four but we don't go larger than three kids in a class. And what that does is it allows for individual exploration um, as well as, you know, you get to be able to uh, communicate and and collaborate with your peers, Um, but it keeps it small enough so that individual things can be explored. One of the challenges perhaps with homeschooling um, is that you are typically doing a regular curriculum of some sort, but you also have uh, areas of interest, right, that, you, that you'd want to do. So, for example, we have our oldest student, actually, um, she's doing apologetics. That's a specialized subject that's not offered in school, right? Um, our second youngest child, uh, he's doing um, an electrical unit. He's very much into electrical. So we're doing an electrical unit. That's very much a specialized subject. Right. And so when it comes to those sorts of things, keeping the classroom small, like very small, (laughs) like I said, three or four kids um, makes it a lot easier to be able to explore those things, because then you're you're able to explore those things in depth. The students are able to actually communicate about those subjects um, in depth and they just get a better experience all around rather than trying to do that in a classroom of even 15 to 20 to 25 to (laughs) to 30, even 10. Even yeah. 10 is a lot to be doing online. Indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. So do they come with their own curriculum or you provide curriculum? No, so or we design the curriculum. curriculum. Yeah, so okay. so we, we, we design and or make suggestions, right? Again, one of the biggest things that we have is putting the power uh, back into the hands of the parents. So I actually have a curriculum meeting later this week um, with our parents, with our homeschooling program, um, to be able to say, here, these are my suggestions for curriculum. Um, are there things that we need to change, right? Are there things, judging on how the previous year went, are there things we need to adjust? Do we need to make, these would be my recommendations based on my professional expertise um, in collaboration with the teachers that are teaching as well. Um, and then the parents would then, you know, go through that curriculum and approve it. That's This is why we do this in August, right? So that when we start, we actually start yes. in October, Right. But when we start, okay. then we have everything all, all together. We know what we're doing. Um, and the kids are familiar with it as well because the kids are also consulted. It's very important to include them okay. in their own learning journey. Very, very important. Do you yeah. have students that return annually or is it? Yeah. Yeah. Like so we have year? students. OK, we have students. Yeah, we have students that will uh, because we do offer tutoring services as well. Right. So we have some students mm-hmm. that are tutoring kids that will take they might take the whole summer or they might take half the summer or they might go straight through the summer right we typically have a like we'll have about 60 percent of our kids go all year round whether they're tutoring or homeschooling and then we'll have about 40 percent of them that want to take some sort of break which is fine Mm -hmm. right you want to you want to have a little bit of the summer it's ironic I find that the homeschooling students for the most part don't want to take a break (laughs) don't want to take a break um, we actually are continuing with our homeschooling program through the entire year. Um, we decided we're taking September off. Um, and then over the summer, we're just at half capacity. We have about, like, we just cut it down to half capacity just to allow them a little bit more, you know, family time and they're traveling and all that stuff. Right. Um, but we do go hundred percent, like we do go through the year 
if, if they want to go through the year, we will go through the year. No problem. Why are you going to hold the child back from learning? Indeed, especially if they want to. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Um, exactly. So with your homeschooling program, because I see that it's mm-hmm. outside of the tutoring service, like people can tap into your tutoring service. However, you have an actual homeschool program. Is it more like yes. a micro school, you would think? Um, yeah, you could say it's a, like a micro school because we obviously have a select number of, of families that we're able to take on. Right. Um, and the mm-hmm. idea being that as we grow, um, we would be able to add more teachers and, um, and be able to serve more families. But right now, yeah, you're looking at a micro school. Um, the difference is that it's online, right? A lot of people are like, mm-hmm. oh, it's an on, it's online. It's different. Right. Um, and then I mm-hmm. say that we don't use zoom for teaching and we have our own software and people are like, oh, like <laughs> they're very interested. Right. Because most people, when they think online, they think zoom. Um, and that was one of my things is that I, that was a, that was a non-negotiable. I said, if I'm starting this business and I'm teaching online, I'm not using zoom for teaching. And so we, we found something. Yeah. Nice. That, that's awesome. Um, so how often do you all meet as far as the homeschool program goes? Yeah. So, so this year for this homeschooling program, what we talked about uh, with the parents in conjunction with their needs and their schedules. Um, so we meet Tuesdays and Thursdays and we'll do an all day. It won't be those kids, like they'll be like cohorts, right? So they're, mm-hmm. they'll be on like, a, we'll be, we'll be in two and a half hour blocks. Right now, these kids, for the kids who are older, we have students who are younger who will only go um, in half an hour blocks because they're like five, six, seven years old, right? Excuse me, because they're five, six, seven. So we'll only go for about half an hour. And that's typically about, I mean, they always ask for extra time, (laughs) but that's typically about where we can kind of like cut it off and they're still good, right? Um, They're still wanting to come back. They're not fatigued from from, uh, internet usage. Um, And I... And screen time to me is really important that kids are making sure that they're not on it too much. Um, So we'll do about, we'll do half an hour with the younger ones, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then the older ones we'll do uh, in two and a half hour time blocks, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, And then- And you said all day? day. Yeah, and and we'll go all day day and that's that. So, So we'll start- We'll start typically on my time because I'm in I'm in Pacific time. So my time it's about uh, seven thirty, and then they'll go until four o'clock. So from seven thirty to four. Oh, okay. Yeah, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay, yeah. I again I don't teach everything, right? That's why I have other teachers mm-hmm. that are able to to teach those other subjects. Um, but they'll go in cohorts and they'll go in two and a half hour time blocks, and they love it. At the beginning of the year, I said to them like. Um, like at last last year when we started in October, I said, well, we'll we'll uh, make sure that we have time for for breaks if you want breaks in between. These kids don't even want breaks. <laughs> like like oh, the first wow. week they were like, nah, I don't want breaks. Like sometimes they'll be like, I you know, like, like I'm going to go to the washroom or grab some food or whatever, but they don't even want breaks. So, so what is what okay. do those two and a half hours look like your blocks? What does that look yeah, like? So, you know, walk us so through we a have time. It, yeah, so we have it with this with these particular families that we work with these with these particular kids. Um, the parents they wanted them to have the uh, the I, w- I would say a superior public education. Um, so they wanted to make sure that if their kids something that we stress and something that I really stress as a teacher um, is we want to enable your your children. We want to empower your children to be able to um, graduate with a high school diploma if that's something that they so choose. Right, our goal always in mind is that we want to have your kids be able to 
do the academic portion of uh, here in Canada, it's the GED, different states, it's a different exam. But if they wish to go and take that high school exam, they can, because as much as I might disagree with the public school education system, it's really hard to do anything in this life if you don't have a high school diploma. So let us empower you to be able to get that if that's something you want, right? And that's not something all of our kids want because they have other plans and that's okay as long as they're aware of those ramifications and stuff, right? But our goal, the way that we design things in mind is obviously with the kids' interests, et cetera, et cetera, um, but making sure that they're able to take the GED exam or whatever exam it might be in the States. Um, it differs depending on the state that you're in, but the high school exam, the high school equivalency exam would be what I would say. Um, and so in terms of what those blocks look like, um, so we'll have two and a half hour blocks with, let's say like our, our uh, the ages of like 10 to 12, that'll be first, right? Um, and then like, we'll have our five to seven year olds, then we'll have our 10 to 12 year olds and those 10 to 12 year olds, they'll be doing um, within that two and a half hour block, they'll be doing like English and let's say English and social studies, right? Obviously coming at it from a particular framework. Um, then the next block, um, then, then, and then that's it for like the Tuesday per se, right? The Thursday, instead of doing English and social studies, they'll be doing like math and science, right? Then they've got additional things that they have the choice to be able to do throughout the rest of the week, if they so choose, right? Um, and that'll be like how, so we do it based in terms of like time, right? Based in terms of where they're going in terms of hours, um, and that that's how that works. Then the next block, the, those kids would do the same thing just at their level, right? And then the next block, those kids are doing the same thing, right? Just at their level. One thing that we're able to do with homeschooling, with our homeschooling program is a lot of projects, right? A lot of project-based learning um, and a lot of skill-based learning rather than just like, these are the facts, now regurgitate the facts back to me. You're not learning anything that way. <laughs> um, so we do a lot of projects, right? But within that kind of time frame, that's how it's, that's how it's set up where we have specific times within those blocks that are for specific subjects so that we make sure that these kids are understanding the basics of what they need to know. Um, and a lot of times that's kind of the question is like, oh, well, like, you know, like they're only getting, they're, they're on, these kids are only getting five hours of school a week. Like, is that enough? Well, A, they have optional things that they can do outside of class if they wish to, and B, you waste a lot of time in public school. If you if you understand long division, I'm not making you do 60 long division questions. Prove to me that you can do five. And, and you know, we will review those things, but that's not something that you need to consistently do to the point of ex extremity, right? Whereas in public school, you'd be given like worksheets on top of worksheets or, or whatever, right? When you're homeschooling and with our students, we can be flexible, with those sorts of assignments, right? We can do things that allow you to showcase your knowledge rather than giving you things that are just gonna bore you. Keep you busy. Exactly, busy work. We don't believe in busy work here. <laughs> we do not believe in busy work here. Um, that's not a thing that we do, yeah. Are your students able to interact with each other? Yes. So with the program that we have, and that's another thing, that's why we make sure that we're in groups, right? We want to make sure that they're interacting with each other. Um, if that's something that is, uh, if, if that's something that they want, right? Um, they do always have that option. Um, and again, like I said, we don't go larger than three. Uh, but yes, they're able to interact with each other. They would interact with either myself or the other teachers. Um, and they're able to collaborate with each other, even if they wanted to. Okay. That's awesome. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Um, so what, how do you see the future of education shaping out? Like, what do you see um, oh boy. in five to 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you see? I, so I personally, uh, and I, I read a statistic and I mean, you can't believe everything you read. So take this with a grain of salt. Um, but I read that in 2020, there was something like, and this was just in the States too. In 2020, there was something like 2.1 million families that homeschooled. In 2022, only two years later, that number was something like 6.4 or 6.5. So it's more than tripled. Point is, regardless of whether you believe those statistics or, or not, point is the move towards homeschooling and towards private education has really grown exponentially. And I think it's only going to continue to grow. It's only going to continue to expand. It's only going to continue to snowball because now that the snowball is on the way, how are you going to stop an avalanche? You're not. And parents, parents are really realizing, I think that 2020, it didn't, 2020 didn't, didn't, it didn't make the problems in the education system. It just revealed them. It just exposed the problems because education amplified them. Yeah. And education didn't have a choice but to come into the house, right? And when parents saw what was going on, they were kind of like, whoa, this is, <laughs> again, like we were talking about, like we've talked about before, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I signed up for. What is going on? And so they're making these informed choices and looking at other options. And I just think that's going to continue to grow. I think it's going to continue to, to snowball. I think that parents are going to continue to be involved and be more involved. Um, and that's really the goal, isn't it? Like people say to me, like, oh, well, the public education system, (laughs) how do you, how do you, um, how do you, like, what do you mean? We don't have a public education system. What do you think people did before public school came around? (laughs) Like, what do you think people did? They, they did different things. They did things that were, that they homeschooled their kids, right? And they may not, now I'm not saying that, you know, in, in today's current world that everybody is suitable to be a teacher, of course not. Teaching is a full-time job, right? But that's why you want to have that support. And that's something I really stress too, is having that network of support, regardless of what that looks like. If you're homeschooling or you're doing any sort of anything with your kid's education, do not do it alone because it can be so isolating. Like you have to have a community, you have to have a tribe, you have to have a network of resources and support, or you're going to burn yourself out. Yeah. Just my professional opinion. Oh no, it's needed. But yeah. parents definitely have to also realize that no matter how they want to shape it, they already have that teacher's hat. Um, prior yes. to your children going to school, like you are their number one source. You are the Absolutely. one who is most qualified to teach your child. You really are. And even if that does look like you outreach, outsourcing for this subject or outsourcing for this community or outsourcing in any way, you are the one to make those decisions. So you are still the one most qualified in understanding your child and what they need. So mm-hmm. um, I, I love how <laughs> I love how things are growing and I, I don't know the numbers. That's why I don't keep up with them because, you know, I, I've been a part of the data. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, yep. I know how it's fluffed. <laughs> However, um, I do I do see um, a vision of parents really, really tapping into their choices and understanding that when their child gets to a certain age, it's not, oh, 
what's the nearest public school to us? Let us enroll. It's, oh, well, how do we want to approach this? Do we want to keep teaching them at home what we've already been doing? Do we want to put them in a micro school? Do we want to tap into a um, online community? How do we want to do this? What would mm-hmm. work best for Junior? <laughs> I'm calling Junior. It's Junior. <laughs> like, what would work best for him at this time? So, yeah. I love that. I love that because school choice is very, very important. It really, mm-hmm. really is. Even with how, um, like, even in looking at the public school sector and how, you know, it's sectioned off where certain kids go to this school or that school or that school, that shouldn't even be the case in which it is, you know, phasing out in that regard too, because they have all these magnet and charter or all these different types of schools that parents are able to tap into because they're gifted academies or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. It's not forcing a child to go to a school just because it's in their school district anymore. That's right. So that's, that's even growth in that. So I definitely see it growing in the direction of choice. And that's what it it comes down to choice, 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 Mm -hmm. choice, Um, having that choice to say, okay, no, this is what our educate, what my child's educational path is going to look like. And we're going to go with that and not being ostracized for it or made to feel like you're, you're doing something so weird and like so like what what do you mean you're gonna homeschool your kids like no I'm gonna homeschool my kids (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely I I want it to be a a normal thing like where people are like Mm -hmm. oh you homeschool like this person homeschool or I have homeschool or you know like I'm looking forward to that growth I I see that in the next you know five to ten years of it being something of the norm not not so like what because I know I'm first generational homeschool as far as me and my kids go but I hear them talk and I know like it's something that's going to go forward you know mm-hmm. so that's really important and so I love that star students provides families with um support 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 because that is well, something that we always will need yeah, that is something we always will need is support. It's not a journey you have to do alone. It's not by any means. Um, three things that you would tell a new homeschooling family. Three things that I would tell a new homeschooling family? Three things you would tell <clears throat> a new homeschooling family. Well, okay. Number one would be what we just talked about. Um, you need to have a system of support, period. End of. I, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Do not do it alone. You need to have somebody, you need to have some sort of some sort of community that is able to help you um, in some way, right? In some way. Um, community is, is very important. Um, the second one would be structure and routine, right? This is something that I think a lot of parents and a lot of people just in general overlook we as human beings we are wonderful and unique and flowing and energy and and all that stuff but we need a routine we need some sort of uh, way to um, structure ourselves and children especially need that so it doesn't matter and a routine doesn't have to look like you know completely I'm a planner I'm a planner so I'm I'm scheduled right I'm very scheduled that works for me that might not work for, I mean, that, that may not work. That probably won't work for absolutely everybody, but you have to have some sort of routine, right? Even if it's 
a routine where there are certain flex points, there's certain free time points, there's a certain whatever it is, but there has to be some sort of structure. There has to be some sort of routine there, or it's going to be very difficult, especially for a child who thrives on that. They need to know what it is that's going on. They need to know that they are safe, that they can rely on on a certain something right that at that they know that in the morning at between this time and this time is they are expected to do, do these things they're expected to have these things or they're just expected to be right that's the thing it doesn't have to be like your your expectations don't have to be super rigid right but they there do, there do yeah. need to be expectations there does have to be some sort of structure and routine that's there very important for children um so that would be my second one is a routine and and structure that's put in place um, and then my third one, um, my third one would be make sure you have, this kind of goes along with community, make sure you, you have resources, make sure that you have actual resources, right? Now for parents who unschool, um, that resources looks a little bit different, but make sure that you have resources of some sort, make sure that you have a plan going forward of some sort. And again, that doesn't mean the plan can't change. <laughs> that doesn't mean the plan can't change. We started out um, in October, we were teaching certain subjects um, that it turned out weren't really important anymore to, to this mm. particular, to, to one of our families that we're working with. And they said, we don't want to do these subjects anymore. We then had a conversation and we, okay, these are the, the consequences and the ramifications and all right, let's switch over. Let's do something different. Um, and, and that's what we did, right? The plan can change, but have a plan have a plan. And part of having a plan means having the resources, right? Having the curriculum, whatever your curriculum may look like. That's not to say that it has to look like the traditional public school curriculum. It doesn't, but you need to have a plan. If you are the one who's in charge of your child's education, you need to make sure that you're educated in that realm of having those resources of, or of knowing where to go, right? And that's why I say that kind of ties into the community um, is because if you don't have the resources, you then have the community to be able to reach out to. So those would be my top three things, community, um, schedule or routine of some sort, and then resources. Right. Okay, good, 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 good. I like it, I like it a lot. Um, where can we find STAR students? How can we reach you? Um, I mean, you can just type STAR students into Google and we will come up. Um, we're in that's or Google, Bing, Brave, uh, DuckDuckGo. <laughs> whatever uh, whatever search engine you use, you can find us on Google. Um, but if you want to just go directly to our site, um, it's www.starstudents.co, not .com, not .com, .co. Um, I mean, all of my yes, contact information is there. That's right. Yeah, I'm in Canada. Is that why? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. But well, part, part of the reason, also part of the reason that I want it to be different, right? Not a .com, okay. not a .ca, <laughs> it's a .co, yeah. Um, all the contact information is there. You can always reach out. Um, we're all over social media as well. So I'm very reachable through social media, um, through email, phone, whatever it happens to be. Um, but yeah, you can find us anywhere online. It's nice. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that Thank you, you do. Jay. Thank you for all that you've created. Um, you're really amazing. Um, and I love, love, love being able to um, put parent, parents in touch with resources, being able to ensure that parents understand that this isn't a journey they have to do alone because that's, that's, you know, scary for some. And so I love it. I love it. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you and your team. 
<laughs> and I, I pray that, you know, parents reach out to you and don't feel like, oh, shucks, I don't know how to teach this or I don't know how to teach that. Cause that's, I feel like a lot of parents, um, when thinking of homeschooling, they think so far in the future, like their child's like five or six and they're already thinking about teaching them trig or something. And so it's just like, you know, don't, don't go that far. Don't jump that far ahead, but understand that you have resources. There are resources. And that's what this is all about putting you in connection with the resources. So reach out to Kim, um, star students, understand that you got help. You got help. And yeah, remember to homeschool your kids.